Well, hey there. Okay, you know that I'm always talking about taking charge of your life. And I don't know about you, but for the first like 10 years of being an adult, I totally had my head in the sand when it came to all things money and finances. I knew that I wanted to live a rich life. I knew that I wanted to live comfortably and eventually build wealth, but I had no idea where to begin. It can feel impossible to get into a better place financially when you're living paycheck to paycheck. You're just trying to make ends meet or you're trying to get out of debt. It wasn't until I made the decision to take charge of my finances and educate myself really that I was finally able to get out of living paycheck to paycheck and pay off all of our debt and buy homes and make investments and really live a great life. And I want the same kind of peace of mind for you and your family. So in this episode, I'm bringing you a conversation that I had with my buddy, Aaron Pareda. He's a financial advisor, and he is here to help you get in a better place financially no matter where you're at. So whether you're just getting by, you're trying to pay off debt, you're trying to build wealth, or maybe you're worried that you might not be protecting your family financially like you know you could be, you are going to get so much out of my conversation with Aaron today where we talked about getting out of debt, saving money, building a retirement account, investing and growing your money through different investment vehicles, taking control of your spending, protecting your family financially against hardship, and everything in between. Be sure to listen all the way until the end because Aaron's conversation was chock full of super valuable nuggets that you are going to want to think about for your family's financial life. Feel free to forward the link to this episode to your spouse or partner if you have one, to your sisters and brothers, to your mom friends, and anyone you know who could benefit from this super important strategy and wisdom. Thanks for being here. When you work on yourself, when you decide to take charge of your life and you go after your goals and dreams, you make the world a better place for all of us. So keep shining your light, girl. All right, here we go. This is the Motivation for Mom Show, a personal development podcast for moms, hosted by certified life coach and fellow mama, Sarah Munder. Each week, Sarah will bring you motivation, inspiration, and personal empowerment to help you show up even stronger for your family and be the mom and woman you were meant to be. You sacrifice so much of yourself every day, and it's time to take at least a few minutes and invest this time into nurturing yourself and filling your soul. You are worthy and you deserve it. Ready, Mama? Before we dive into today's episode, I have a gift I want to give you. Now, I believe that my success in anything I'm doing, whether it's in my business or home life or my relationship with my family or mental health, absolutely anything, depends on how well planned I am in advance and how intentional I am with my time. Planning in advance gives me the opportunity to make sure that the important things are getting done and that my needs are getting met. And so the gift I want to give you today is my daily scheduling worksheet that I designed to help you plan your day. On this simple worksheet, I also made space for you to write out your morning and nighttime routines so it's all in one place. 
To get this free download, just go to themamamiracle.com forward slash schedule. And in addition to the blank worksheet, which you can print out and fill out as many times as you want to, I'm also going to give you a copy of my handwritten daily schedule so you can kind of get an idea of how I divide up my day. This worksheet has been getting downloaded like crazy lately, which tells me that you guys need this. So go get yours for free right now on your phone at themamamiracle.com forward slash schedule. That's themamamiracle.com forward slash schedule. Now let's get into today's episode, sister. My name is Aaron Pareda. Um, I am a financial advisor at Northwestern Mutual. I run my own financial planning practice here in San Diego. I've been in the financial service industry for about four plus years. Prior to that, I was at JP Morgan Chase. And prior to that, I was actually um, in a completely different field. I played professional baseball for about eight to 10 years. Um, I was drafted with the Chicago White Sox, played with the San Diego Padres and the Texas Rangers in a couple of years in Japan. And then because of some elbow and shoulder injuries and back injuries, um, couldn't play baseball for um, forever. And so I ended up getting into the financial service industry and uh, been helping people with their finances. I like to say getting their financial game in order. Um, so I wanted to help out the uh, best I can. And uh, uh, Sarah is a, uh, a dear family friend of my wife, Melissa, and wanted to connect and, uh, you know, share my information and answer any questions to the, uh, the listeners out there. So, you know, it's uh, great to be here, Sarah. Thank you so much, Aaron. It's, I can't even tell you, I've been thinking about asking you to come on the podcast for so long because we haven't really talked about smart financial strategies on my podcast. And um, for those listening, you guys know, like this is an audience of families, real families with real lives and kids and futures and goals families who want to do really cool things with their life. And so it's just great to have you. I know that you're going to provide a ton of value in um, giving some, some guidance in what's possible, what you can do with your money at any stage of life, whether you're um, you know, struggling financially currently, or you have a ton of debt, or maybe you're at a point where you are making more money than you've ever made before. I have a feeling that you are going to have some things to tell us about all of that. And just for those who don't know, he, he is correct. His wife, Melissa is like my favorite person in the entire world. She's literally my best friend. And I was just telling Erin before we hit record that I owe her big time for sharing you with the motivation for moms podcast tonight and all your wisdom. And I just want to give Melissa a huge shout out. So thank you. Thanks for being here. Um, so where would you like to start? I kind of want to let you guide this conversation. Who are the types of people that you help? Yeah, so we help um, anyone that has any questions. You know, I am just a, a kind soul and I want to help out anyone I can and put them in a better spot financially. Um, the same way I learned uh, many years back. Um, but ideally, a lot of 
Um, the clients that we help are probably a lot of similar listeners. You have Sarah. Uh, we help a lot of people in my similar situation where it's um, people that are married, have young kids, are just starting to um, be successful in their careers. Um, they're super busy with their personal life and they need extra help and assistance saying, you know, how do I structure my budget? How do I protect my loved ones? How do I save for retirement? And how does all of this um, work together? Because I might have uh, an insurance guy, I might have an investment guy, a family friend has told me this or that or, or this stock. And you know, how do I make sense of it all? And in the financial service industry, it's such a wide swath of different information in different categories, um, you kind of say, how do I maximize every opportunity? And so what we do is, of course, we don't do it all, um, but we do help put a plan together and kind of put all the cards on the table. And usually we will um, help clients um, put a plan together in place. And the first thing we do is to get to know them, get to know their values, um, get to know their family and see what's important to them because that's the the only way you can kind of uncover and add value is usually um, one of my mentors um, what he would say is you want to be able to um, listen before you can be understood and then you can kind of understand you know, walk a mile in their shoes, so to speak. And then from there, you can take in and see what is kind of underneath the hood and make recommendations and being able to put them in a better spot financially. I know yeah. that was kind of a, a long answer, but that's really what I care about is, is putting people in a better spot. And it's sometimes it's complex, sometimes it's hard, but you need to be able to understand what they're going through in order to provide quality recommendations and strategies to kind of get them maybe out of their predicament or maybe get them into something that they're not um, super familiar with. Yeah. And that makes so much sense. And I can just imagine how it must feel to come out of that type of conversation with someone like you coming in with just so much overwhelm of like, where do I begin? And I, like you said, I don't know how everything in my life ties together and I have no idea of where to even start with building wealth, let alone, you know, maybe building up savings or paying off debt. So I guess um, my first question for you would be, what would be like the most common assumptions that people come in with that you kind of like to debunk in that first meeting with them? Um, sometimes people think that they need to there's, there's some kind of magic pill. There's a secret investment out there that's going to do it all. And that's not the case. You know, there are good kinds of investments. There's bad kind of investments. There's long-term, short-term, conservative, risky, and a lot of different kinds of strategies for different kinds of people. It all just depends on the goal in mind, um, the type of person that we're talking to, you know, a lot of different strategies people have 
um, work for them and those type of strategies don't work for others. Um, there's certain young investors that want to invest in, in the crypto space and people say, well, do you believe in the cryptocurrency and is it a good idea? What do you think? And, and my thought is, it all depends. If you are a young kid, if you're a risky investor, if you have a really long time frame and you want to take a small portion of your money and invest in cryptocurrency, I think it, it could be a, a great payoff. Um, but if you don't know what you're doing, um, you have maybe a small amount of money to invest in and you want to save for retirement, maybe that's not the best investment for you. There's other people that say, well, should I be paying off my debt? Should I be paying off my mortgage? Or should I do other things with it? And a lot of times, especially in this low interest rate environment, um, it's actually maybe not advantageous to be paying off your debt. Um, you definitely want to have a mortgage and you want to be making those payments regularly, um, but you don't need to be paying extra interest to pay it off as fast as possible, depending on the interest rate that you have. So one thing that I learned is that there's two different types of interest. There's simple interest and there's compound interest. Uh, simple interest would be like a mortgage, um, like if you have a car loan where you just make a flat payment every month, God forbid, if you don't make that payment, they don't increase the amount that you owe, you know, eventually, you know, hopefully this will never happen. They would just take your house or take your car if you couldn't make the payments. Um, compound interest is like a credit card where if you don't make the payments, it gets, the interest gets tacked on and you start having to owe more and more amount and that amount that you owe is now charged as a interest rate and it just keeps on ballooning and it's working against you. And that's how people get into really um, bad credit card debt. So that's usually the compound interest. And that's what I talk to people is that's what you want to pay off first. That's what you want to pay off most importantly, because that not only does it compound, but usually it comes with really high interest rates as well. I was talking with a lady um, the other week and she had a you know, $10,000 credit card payment. And she said, well, I'm just paying the minimum amount and I'm trying to just, you know, sock away as much money as I can in savings. It's like, well, that's great. You want to have an emergency fund, but that, you know, 12% interest rate that you're paying, whatever it is, is extremely high and it's just, it's compounding on you. So we want to come up with a plan and a strategy to pay that off as quickly as possible because, you can take some money and invest in the market, but if you're not taking care of other compounding interest and debt that you have, that's bad debt to have, um, then you're really kind of shooting yourself in the foot. You're not optimizing that opportunity. So those are some of some of the, the questions that we, we help people with is um, what do I do with the debt, the bad debt versus good debt scenario? And I can kind of get into the weeds even further if you like, but those are kind of some of the scenarios. Yeah, no, that's so helpful. And I know that's going to help a ton of people. I know for me personally, growing up, the story that I always heard was to be financially responsible, you pay off all of your debt as soon as possible, including your mortgage and your car payment and all these things. And and the whole goal is to save money in a, in a savings account 
And it's funny because, so, you know, my husband, Greg, but our, our strategy has always been so different. Um, I will admit he's the, the one in our family who is in charge of all of our investments and building wealth. And I will admit we've never had a savings in the form of like a savings account. And I've always felt really uncomfortable with that, but it never seemed to be a priority of his. And we recently sat down and had kind of a, we call it a prosperity meeting, but it's basically just a finance meeting between the two of us. And he's like, Hey, I found this account. Um, it's a fundraise account. And last year it made us 30% on our money. So come to find out he's been basically, instead of putting all of our money into a savings account and growing that he's been putting all of our money into this fundraise account, which been, which has been making us money way more than a traditional savings account would make. And that was pretty cool to hear. It's like, okay, I understand now why he's not prioritizing just um, for one, paying off the mortgage because of what you said with low interest rates. Um, and I will say he's always been really good at keeping our credit cards always paid off. We have excellent credit and it started very young for him. I'll give him props for that. He has always worked hard to protect our credit by having plenty of credit cards open, but not utilizing them um, to their their maximum amounts and always paying them off. So I think I think that's for us, like why we've done well. And I just want to give him a shout out for that because that's not how I was raised to handle money and to, and to build wealth. Um, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm wondering, so you, what kind of return was he getting? Was it, do you know exactly what kind of investment it was? Was it just a savings account he was putting money into or was it some other kind of like investment vehicle. Yeah. It's some sort of investment account. It's called Funrise. I, that's all I know, but it, I mean, it did really well last year. And so, so that's kind of what we're focusing on this year is just putting as much money into that because um, it's making, it's us making money on our money, which I'd love to talk more about different ways to do that. But it's, um, it's also that, I mean, I think that I think that it's important to have some access to cash when you need it. But what are your thoughts on that? What are the different ways to have access to cash when you need it? Yeah, absolutely. So usually our rule of thumb is you want to have at least three to six months of an emergency fund available. Straight cash. Straight cash. Yeah. So it depends on your income. So let's say you make $100,000 a year you want to have about three to six months of income or expenses. So maybe around, you know, 30 to $50,000 and it fluctuates with the individual. So whatever is most comfortable for them, and that's just an emergency fund. So if your car breaks down and you got to spend a couple of grand, which I had to just pay 2,500 for my GMC Yukon in the shop, just, you never see that happening, just brought it in for regular service and boom, like $2,500 later, that just happened. Um, or, you know, if someone loses a job or someone gets sick, that's just a buffer to have. So you don't have to go into credit card debt, start paying that, that compound interest. Um, but then after that, um, you know, we'll look into other types of, um, tax saving vehicles. So we want to make sure that people are contributing to their, their 401ks, their IRAs, depending on your profession, there's all different kinds of um, different retirement account, savings accounts. Um, if you have an employer that matches and gives you a contribution, 
you want to try and max that out the best you can um, to making sure, you know, you do want to make sure you have enough cash flow. So you don't want to be, depending on the person's situation, uh, maybe you don't want to be maxing it out, but that's usually if you're going to be investing in anything, you want to be maxing out your 401k because not only is it a great vehicle and it's, you can start deducting that from your taxes. So if you're making $100,000 a year, you put in $20,000 right around the limit for a 401k. Now in the eyes of Uncle Sam, you're only paying taxes on 80 grand of that. So it's a huge way to save on taxes. Plus if your employer is contributing about, you know, anywhere from five to 10%, that's just free money that you're getting from your employer. Um, so that's usually number one, where you want to start on investing. Uh, I'm sure with you and Greg, you guys are, are maxing those out. So then you're thinking, okay, I've already put money into my 401k. Now where else do I go? So you go into other kind of investment vehicles and people say, well, I'm just going to open up a brokerage account. Maybe it's an Acorn account. Maybe it's on Robinhood. And I'm going to start investing in stocks and bonds and other types of mutual funds. And that's, that could be a great idea. Usually the most efficient way if you want to do your own investing, um, you know, is investing in different kinds of what they call ETFs, so electronically traded funds. So these are low cost ways of um, investing in the market as a whole. Um, electronically traded fund is kind of a passively managed mutual fund. So no one is actively um, buying and selling stocks and bonds and stuff like that. It's just it's set up to a certain degree, maybe a certain temperature, and that's the temperature that it stays at. Um, but it, it's, it's kind of a set it and forget it attitude. Um, so usually if you don't know um, much about investing, you say, hey, Aaron, I just want to invest in something, give me a recommendation, you know? Um, and it, like I said, it kind of depends on your situation, but a good place to start is the you know, called the S&P 500. So it's the standard and poorest 500. It's the largest 500 companies in America. You know, you think of the Walmarts, the Home Depot, Costco, Apple, Netflix, Amazon, all the big companies that are paying dividends that are growing through the roof. Um, that's a good place to start. And so you basically invest in the S&P 500 and you just, you know, let it ride for the next 10, 15 years. But it's not a one size fits all, even though you're investing in the whole market, um, just like we're seeing right now with the, the war going on in Russia and Ukraine and interest rates are creeping up and COVID is going on and all of a sudden the market drops 10 or 15%. Well, if you put the, you know, put a thousand or $10,000 into the market and all of a sudden it's down a thousand bucks, you're like, oh my God, what happened? you have to understand that a lot of times we talk to clients and the stock market is kind of like a boy on a yo-yo um, going up an escalator. You know, the yo-yo is going up and down, up and down. You know, something happened in Ukraine, the Fed are raising rates, you know, a Delta variant of COVID, all of a sudden the yo-yo goes down a point, goes up a point. You know, you don't know what's going on, but it's on an escalator. So it's gradually going up. So if you stay the course and you have the right goals in mind, um, you're going to do very well. On, on average, the market gives you a return about eight to 
Um, so if you stay the course and you stay diversified in different asset classes and with different strategies, it's a great way, probably one of the best ways to grow your wealth. Um, that and investing in real estate um, is a great way to diversify. So, you know, we started with, you know, investing in your retirement in your 401k. Um, and in your 401k, it's usually pretty aggressive. So, you know, I can go into the weeds of different asset allocations there if you want. And kind we'll of do that in if, another episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's stop me if, I, if I'm getting too much. But uh, yeah, that's basically, you know, a lot of people's 401ks are invested in similar markets like the S&P 500 and different ETFs and mutual funds. Um, but that's a very tax efficient way. And then after that, if you want to do your own investing in a brokerage account, that's great too. Um, and there's also what we go over too is not just the investing side, and this can kind of lead us into another area, is the protection side. You know, if you are making you know, great returns in the market, you're saving a lot, um, and you see your portfolio growing, your 401k is growing, um, but if there's a unfortunate event, let's say if someone you know, got sick because of COVID or even someone you know, died in your family, um, not only are you going to have, you know, has tremendous um, personal and just emotional effects on you and your family, uh, but financially it can be quite devastating. You know, if there's a breadwinner that, um, that was bringing in most of the income and now, you know, whether they are, um, something happened to them or if they became sick or disabled, um, that has a huge effect. So we want to make sure we talk about from a financial planning standpoint is the protection piece too. So making sure usually the three areas that we focus on, depending on the person's, uh, you know, their age and their um, personal, um, you know, stage they are at life is you like life insurance, um, income protection with the disability insurance and long-term care. And I'm sure you've heard that before with, you know, I'm sure everyone has had a, a mother or a father or a grandparent that has been in assisted living. You know, my grandfather had Alzheimer's and he drained his savings um, being in a assisted living facility for several years. It can be eight or $9,000 a year, uh, not a year, a month. A month, yeah. Um, so crazy. if you don't have those kind of protections in place, or if you don't have life insurance and something, God forbid, happened to a loved one, um, you know, maybe you're going to have to sell your house. Maybe you're going to have to move back in with your parents. And there's very affordable ways to protect um, your financial livelihood. And that's usually where we start from a financial planning standpoint. And say, okay, let's just make sure we have all those protections in place for the worst case scenario, you know, like the European settlers, you know, when they're building a civilization, they build a wall around their financial security around their city. They build moats, they build fences, they have artilleries. Um, and that's kind of what we want to do is to arm the family with these types of, of um, security measures to make sure they're protected. And then from there, we go into the kind of the wealth building stages, um, but it's 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 all part of the plan, and it's it's a way that we can we can help add value that some people um, don't necessarily think about. 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so helpful. And I can, I can see what you mean by um, why you would start with protection because you know, that's a perfect analogy that you gave of if you're settling somewhere, you want to build a wall before you start actually building in the city, because what's the point of building all this wealth if someone comes in and just takes it all or it just gets completely destroyed. So that makes so much sense to me. Um, so let's kind of, let's back up a minute. Cause we've talked about We've talked about building cash. We've talked about paying off debt. We've talked about investing and using your money to make more money. And now we've talked about protection. And I'm so glad that you hit on all those main points. Um, are there any other major categories that we haven't touched on? Or can we sort of tie all those together? Yeah, um, if I go quickly kind of one of my favorite things for some of the savvier investors is a good way to it kind of goes back to the um, paying off your debt or keeping your mortgage payment is also kind of leveraging the equity in your house um, so usually what i would recommend especially for those of you that own a home have seen in the last two to three years the amount of equity in their house skyrocket because the housing market is going through the roof. They're saying, how do I get my hands on some of that money that I've accumulated? Well, doing like, there's a couple of options. One, you could do a cash out refinance. And Sarah, we were just talking about this before the podcast. Uh, so if you have, say, a couple hundred thousand dollars of equity in your house, you got good credit, um, you should be able to do a cash out refinance, take a couple hundred thousand dollars out from the house, um, whether it's to do maybe a remodel, you want to remodel the kitchen, like my wife wants to remodel our kitchen. Um, you know, maybe there's some repairs, you want to buy a car, or what I also want to do is to invest it. So if, and it's all about your cash flow. So I don't want you to go to the bank and say, hey, Aaron told me to get as much cash out and much equity out on my house as possible. Um, doesn't matter what my cash flow is, how much money I'm bringing in. No, no, no. <laughs> we want to be safe about it. You know, if, if this is, you're listening to the podcast and say, hey, I don't know if I can, if I can swing this, give me a call. Let me know. I'm happy to answer any questions, but starts with your cash flow. So if you have a job, husband and wife have a job, you got good cash flow, good positive cash flow coming in. You got maybe an extra $500,000, $2,000 a month that you're just socking away into savings. You can say, okay, I can take a little bit larger of a loan on my house, take out um, some more equity. I might be paying an extra $500 or $1,000 on my mortgage, but I have the luxury to do so. That's a great way to kind of slingshot you into early retirement. So then you can take that extra $50,000, $100,000 out of your house, put it into the market, put it into your house. Um, you know, whatever you'd like to do with it. Or even buy another house. <laughs> exactly. Buy, right. If you're a real estate investor, you want to buy another investment property. Um, that's a great way to uh, um, kind of leverage the equity in your house. Yeah, that's so good. That's so helpful. Okay. So for those who are listening and they're like, this all sounds great. And that's, you know, hashtag goals someday. I just I can't wait to, maybe they haven't even bought their first home yet. Maybe they're just still living paycheck to paycheck. Is it ever too early to be thinking about strategic financial planning? Is it ever too early to be thinking about 
um, ways to possibly invest or um, like what would be the next steps for someone in that situation who wants to get into a better place financially, but they're just like kind of struggling to make ends meet now? Mm-hmm. No, that's, that's a great question. And um, you know, there's many different areas you can start with in the financial planning world. And I think this is kind of uh, the way that we start with clients is almost on a personal level. It might have nothing to do with, with finances. It's more about your personal goals. You know, what do you want to accomplish in life? Uh, what kind of career do you want to have? Um, you know, where do you see yourself, you know, personally in, in the next six months, six years from now? And you kind of want to kind of have some think time and say, okay, what do, where do I see my life going? Um, am I single? Am I married? Do I have kids? Where am I living? Where do I want to live? And this is the same way that I would tell a young kid that is about to go to college is, and he says, well, what do I want to do with my life? Is the more specific you can get, the more specific you see your, your goals and your dreams and who you want to become, the more realistic and the higher chances you have of actually attaining those goals. Yes. If you just say, hey, I just want to make a million dollars or I want to be rich. And then you go about your day and, and that's kind of all the thought you give that, well, how are you going to get there? You know, it's not just going to appear randomly. Um, when I was, I don't know, ever since I was a young kid, I wanted to play, you know, professional baseball. And my parents told me, hey, you know, you got to go to college. You got to get your education. You got to have a backup plan. And I thought, yeah, that's good, but I want to play at the D1 level. I'm going to do this. And every day I was committed to that goal. And I knew I wasn't going to get there in two days or two years. I had to just put in the work day in and day out. And so that's what I kind of tell people that are, are struggling to get by is say, you know, take a step back and say, well, where do I want to be three years, five years from now? What kind of job do I want to be in? You know, what's my family life look like? And how can I spend every day getting into a better spot? How can I fulfill my day and work as hard as I can to get to that goal that I want to be at? And that's what I think is, is more important than a good stock tip or being able to maximize every, you know, tax efficient vehicle is kind of look at yourself in the mirror and say, what do I want out of life? What do I want out of, you know, my finances and my career and my family? And then how do I put that into a goal and how do I do that every day to get a little bit better? Yeah. I love that. Um, I mean, you're just, you're speaking my language here because this is all, <laughs> so I, I mean, and it, we should all be doing that regardless of our financial situation. Um, you know, if you, you could probably say the same thing about people who are doing well and do have a lot of cash flow and are making more money than they ever have in their life. I mean, you still got to know where you're headed. Otherwise, what's the point of working hard and making all this money if it's just not going to be utilized in an efficient, effective way. So for those people, um, what would next steps look like for you? I know we kind of already talked about this, but just to kind of summarize what I heard was someone comes to you and they're like, I just, I want to make sure I'm doing the right things to build 
my financial wealth and just, you know, put my money in the right place and make sure it's being used correctly and protect my family, you would start with making sure that their high interest credit cards are paid off, if I'm not mistaken. So that would be step one. Right. And that was just kind of like a a one-off scenario. Um, Mm -hmm. I would hope that that would be most people's first goals. But yeah, if someone is uh, is struggling, um, usually they do have some high interest credit card payments and it can be difficult to get um, out from underneath that. Um, What I was going to say too is um, also sometimes it's not always a a savings problem, it uh, could be a spending problem. Yeah. And maybe they don't even know where all their money is going every month. Say, hey, I'm making, I have a good job, I'm putting food on the table, I'm paying the mortgage, everything's going good, but I just don't have any money left at the end of the month. It's like, well, let's do an analysis to make sure that you don't have any outstanding subscriptions. You know, there's always a, a Netflix or a Hulu, or now they have, you know, Pandora Plus and Peacock. And, you know, so there could be a good chance that there is, you know, $50, $100 a month that might be wasted going to TV subscriptions or, you know, everyone orders stuff on Amazon, you know, make sure that, hey, am I getting, not getting double charged on this? I see hundreds of dollars. I know with my wife and I, we order tons of stuff on Amazon. Um, or there's there's different ways of, of saving money too. Like maybe I have a really low deductible on my um, car insurance and my, you know, maybe I can increase that deductible and lower my car insurance payments. There's, so there's all kinds of ways to, to save. So I think for someone that is, you know, in a spot like, hey, I just need to somehow scrape together an extra $1,500 a month, you know, start maybe looking at how to save. You know, maybe it's one less dinner out a month or, you know, you know, kind of ways like that, I think can be, can be very helpful. And then that's, it's, that's, that's a good habit to get into. So the way you kind of reach those goals is attaining good habits. And so the spending is kind of a good way to start, get that under control, making sure you're optimizing every dollar you're spending. And then from there, you know, we can kind of put our next step forward is okay, I'm maximizing, I got my financial game in order on my spending. Now let's go to, you know, the job front. Is the job, is this the job that I want to have? Is this the promotion that I, I want to get to? And then how do I maximize getting to that spot on a, on a daily basis and a weekly basis? And then from there, um, you kind of just, you try to attain those goals the best you can. Yeah. So how can people reach you and get a hold of you? Because this has been so helpful. <laughs> As I'm listening to you talk, I'm, I'm realizing all the ways in which people are like, I've never thought of that. Or yeah, I should be thinking about that. And that's why it's so helpful to have someone like you who can help someone be thinking about all these things, just to have that peace of mind, like they're making best use of their money and they're, they're headed in a healthy direction financially. So how can my listeners get in touch with you and work with you? Yeah, I can just give you my phone number and email. The uh, my phone number is the nine two five three six zero five three four one, or you can email me at Aaron at nm.com. So it's a a r o n dot p o r 
E-D-A at nm.com. Awesome. Aaron, you're so brave for putting your phone number on the podcast. I don't think anyone's ever done that, but I love that. <laughs> he is inviting you to, is that a call and text line? Because I know that. Yeah, that's that's my cell phone number. So <laughs> you're the best. Give me, give me a call, shoot me a text. I'm an open book. Um, yeah, I also and- have a, a LinkedIn page too. Just type in my name. Um, you can also see some history on me and my baseball career. Um, so, and I got, uh, you know, a wife, Melissa, who I love dearly, who is, uh, of course, a very good friend of Sarah's best friend. Um, got three little boys, um, seven, six and 11 months. So, um, I try to practice what I preached. You know, I love to talk with other moms and dads, other parents, the kids, they're happy to help out any way I can. Thank you so much. This was so helpful. And I just, I love what you're doing. I just love you guys. And thanks for taking the time to do this. Yeah, pleasure. Have me back anytime. Not so fast, my friend. If you feel motivated after today's episode and moved to pay it forward and give back to me, please share this podcast with a friend. You can either share the link directly in a text message or take a screenshot and post it on Instagram. Just be sure to tag me at Sarah Munder so I can see it and give you a shout out on an upcoming episode. It's important to surround yourself with positive, like-minded people who lift you up. So I urge you to join us in our Motivated Moms Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash motivation for moms podcast. If you need something to help you change your life, like right now, go to my website to get a free copy of my life changing worksheet, the mama miracle. Just go to the mama put in your name and best email address, and I'll send it over to you right away. While you're there, you can sign up for my popular and affordable planner makeover course and learn how to use your planner to reach your goals, accomplish all of your tasks with ease, establish your non-negotiables, and finally create time in your life for the things that really matter to you, but often get neglected. And if you're ready for next level breakthroughs in your life, in your personal and professional goals, in your relationships, then I urge you to get on the list for my exclusive 12-week coaching program, Breakthrough. I only work with moms who are serious and committed to changing every area of their life for the better. So if this is you, go to themamamiracle.com forward slash breakthrough. Thanks for being here today. Now go out there, take charge of your day, you beautiful, powerful, and incredible mama. Have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you soon.